Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, produced here in Sydney, Australia. My name's Matt Wakeling. Thank you so much for joining me. Now today we're doing things a little bit differently. We've got our old friend Peter Northcote to answer a couple of listener questions. Now Peter is pretty much the most recorded guitarist in uh, Australian history. Fantastic player and super busy, super hardworking, and we get some great tips um, from the man himself. Now we interviewed Peter back in episode number seven, and uh, that's a great interview too. I encourage you to dig back and, and check that out if you've not heard it already. But it was great to have Peter back. We also have in replay an interview with Charles Cilia of Cilia Guitars and Michael Dolce, fantastic guitarist. Now, uh, this was an interview we did after a, a masterclass that Michael did at the Cilia Guitars factory. And uh, yeah, it was really, really cool. Now, Michael's got another masterclass there on May the 24th, 2017, coming up soon. If you've not seen one of these classes, uh, I highly recommend it as uh, someone who's been to one myself. All right, but now on to Pete Northcote and uh, answering our listener questions. Over to you, Pete. Oh, good day, folks. This is Pete Northcote here. Uh, Matt Wakeling from Guitar Speak Podcast has asked me to answer a couple of your questions. Uh, one of the questions was... You do a lot of Peter Northcote Presents gigs. What are the advantages slash disadvantages of running your own gigs rather than a basic sideman gig? Well, look, I do both. I, I love doing both, and, uh, you know, I love putting on my own shows because it allows me to play the songs that I want, to do my own thing. Um, the, one, of the, one of the big shows that I've uh, put on is the Peter Northcote Presents the music of Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Pink Floyd, and Black Sabbath. And that's coming up again at the moment. It's a lot of work. There are a lot of disadvantages, uh, but I don't seem to let them get in my way. I mean, you know, there's a lot of... I do charts for everything. I set up everything. I do the posters myself. I do the booking, the um, getting the sound guys, the lights, everything myself. And it allows me to kind of cut back on costs that having somebody else would do for twice the price. So uh, my overheads aren't really that big. My overheads are really just paying the band and paying the venue and paying the lighting guy and the sound guy. So it's, it's a great thing to do and it's great to be in charge of something like this because the buck stops with me and it's my, you know, my desire to make sure that it runs smoothly. And it also gives me a chance to do my own arrangements of things and, and open them up to the way that I want to play them. So, um, you know, some of those, those bands, some of those tunes I grew up listening to and now I can play them the way I want to. Of course, there's certain things you have to play exactly the right way. And that's fun too, but it's really more about, you know, me opening up as a player and giving myself some leeway to play what I want to do. It's a lot of, uh, as I said, there's a lot of uh, stress and a lot of uh, drawbacks, but I never let that stuff get in my way. I just keep doing and doing and doing because I love playing and I love just working with great people, great musicians. And, um, you know, I don't do so much of the learning the repertoire and playing things note for note anymore, which is great for me. Uh, as much as I loved to do it all my life, you know, now I'm just free where I can roll up and play anything with a lot of players. You know, there's a lot of songs that I've learned, so there's, there's many in my brain, in my back catalogue, so... 
it's really great fun to open up. Look, the other question here is, um, how much work do you do on your own guitars? At what stage do you get a luthier involved? Well, I do mostly everything on my guitars myself, and I've got about 72 of them at the last count. So I do everything up to uh, changing frets. All the neck setups, all that sort of electronics. I do most electronics myself. There are certain things that I can't do, you know, complicated pot systems and all that. I could do it, but you know what? It's My brain is happy to let somebody else do it. So, uh, but as far as setting up, I do all my own setups, and I actually have people come along with guitars, and I work on them for them and set them up. I mean, with, as I say, with 72 guitars, I know what a guitar should feel like, at least for me. So, um, yeah, I, I really love getting my, you know, getting the, the towel out in the lounge room table and, and getting the guitars up and the, the power tools and the graphite powder and all that sort of stuff. I really enjoy it. So it's, it's not only, um, you know, beneficial and financially um, feasible, it's also a passion of mine. I've always um, worked on my guitars. Guitars are great pieces of wood and they are simple science and I love that. You know, it's, it's uh, much like a lot of what I do <laughs> with my cooking and uh, my, my music is that I'm creating on the spot. I don't really have a plan. You know, like with the guitars, if I see a guitar's got a bent neck, I'll try and straighten it. If it doesn't straighten the first day, then I'll try it again the second day and blah, blah, blah. You know, try and get rid of the buzzers on certain things. There are, like I say, I'm not going to try and refret guitars. I'm not going to try and fix holes in guitars. You know, I've got guitars that are player guitars they're beaten up and that's what really helps uh, helps me is that i don't have to worry about you know cosmetic um blemishes on guitars anymore i'm happy to belt them up and i'm happy to just use them and make sure they work So there you go. I hope that answers some of your questions. Remember, you can always contact me on Facebook or via email, or you can knock me over in the middle of the street. I don't care. Um, a big shout-out to Matt Wakeling from Guitar Speak Podcast. This is your one-year anniversary, and congratulations, pal. 4,000 downloads a month. You're rocking. Goodbye, folks. Oh, Guitar Speak to you soon. There you go. Thank you, Pete Northcote. I loved hearing those answers. Very inspiring. Very inspiring how to book your own gigs, setting up your own guitars. I've played a couple of Peter's guitars, and they are super cool to play, super well done. And, um, yeah, it's good. Very good. All right. Now, coming up to an interview with Charles and Michael in replay. But before we get there, here's a quick word from our friends from Baltimore. In the States, Mick and Jeff from the Amps and Axes podcast. Hey, podcast world. I'm Jeff Bober. And I'm Mick Marcellino of Amps and Axes. That's right. And we've got a cool podcast that talks with guitarists, manufacturers, engineers, and techs. Yeah. So check us out every Saturday on iTunes and Google Play. That's right. And as we're always saying, onward. 
This is a good one today. This is really interesting. Um, long-time listeners, or maybe you've dug back through you, you would know that Michael Dolce was our very first guest on the podcast. Fantastic guitar player. Has played on heaps of sessions, toured with heaps of big-name artists in Australia like uh, Delta Goodrum, uh, you know, amongst many, many others. He's been the house guitarist on The Voice Australia, the television show for the last five seasons, um, plus a bunch of other TV stuff as well. Fantastic guitar player. Excellent bloke. Um, we got invited to, yeah, his masterclass, which he mentioned in in our original interview. So just to go to the, the masterclass was unreal. Man, I learned so much and, and came out of this so inspired. Um, the other great thing about the masterclass is that it took place in the showroom of Charles Cilia Guitars. Now, Charles builds fantastic guitars. He, he builds the Michael Dolce model, um, plus many, many other models. And um, man, that was awesome for me. Charles did... I met him years ago, just you know, really briefly, but he did some... Um, did some repairs on one of my guitars very very routine and back then he was working out of his garage um but even then he was just just churning out these fantastic guitars just works of art i tell you you got to check out his site um but for the last uh, for quite a while he's been working out of his own um workshop in his own uh, dedicated premises now so i was really excited for charles and really excited to see um to see his place as well which is just unreal so man between those two things it was great so what you're going to hear today it's a little bit of a different kind of a format for us today um the show starts off um i I get to talk to some of the guys who are uh, sitting in on the clinic with me and and we just talked about you know what the clinic was like you know just just a, a few minutes with each guy uh, what they got out of it and a little bit about their background there was even another guitar builder in the class uh, David so that was cool to talk with him then we have an interview with Charles and Michael which was really cool so the builder and the and the artist and um, that was cool and these guys have got some um, got a big weekend up the Melbourne Guitar Show is coming up this weekend August 6th and 7th man if you're in Melbourne get to it it looks like it's going to be unreal so uh, Silly Guitars is there Michael Dolce's down there and Michael's running some master classes down there in Melbourne as well so you'll find out a little bit more about that as the podcast goes on so hey sit back enjoy and uh here we go the michael dolce charles cilia episode hey by the way you're gonna hear some uh some great guitar playing um under under my first bunch of interviews that's michael dolce from his album everything till now anyway first up here's david who i met at the masterclass David, David Bush. Excellent. And how did you enjoy the clinic? Oh, it was, it was excellent. It was really informative. Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to actually sit down with um, um, Michael and spend a bit more time one-on-one with him to, sure. to understand the lines completely. Like, I got a gist of what he was doing, but it was just difficult because, you know, he plays. Oh, it's second nature to him to mm. play those lines. And, and I'm sure most players, when you get to that stage, you go, oh, everyone will pick that up, I think. But you just play it thinking, these guys just play it thinking, oh, everyone will be fine, you know, but I'd like to spend more time with him sure. and get an idea of what he's doing uh, on a sort of uh, much smaller scale and understand his lines. Like, I sort of understand it, but not really. Like, that's what I mean. But other than that, it's excellent. He's the most approachable guy, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Very inspiring. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how about you? Sound great hearing your jam along. What? Oh, thank you. I grew up playing classical guitar. I was trained. I was trained as a classical guitar player for many years, and then I started doing the whole rock thing because I was tired of doing all the reading of the dots on the pages. It gets, that just gets a bit mundane, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, but I've always been to rock as a kid, and cool. I still love doing all that sort of stuff. And then I started playing all that sort of stuff, all the Satriani and Steve I, you know, like everyone does, you know, everyone goes to that cycle of stuff. And so, but at the same time, I was listening to Alan Holdsworth, and he's like, his streets are way, way where I shouldn't have been listening to. I should have been listening to players that, that were different to him, you know, like I, I enjoyed it, but it was difficult listening to. So yeah, that's where I've come from, you know. So it's um, that, that that's the next. My my journey is still, you know, I'm miles away from where I want to be. Like every other player, you know, you think oh, I'd really like to play like Michael. Like that's just phenomenal play, you know. Those lines, I think, heaven's sake, he's so melodic and yet so angular at the same time. It's just a combination of everything, and that's the phenomenal thing about what he does, you know. I just. Go, Go, oh, far out, that guy's incredibly decent, you know. Over one chord, he can do so much. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, cool. Well, thanks, Dave. Yeah, my pleasure. No, nice thank you. to meet you, too. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, right, take care. Yeah, you too. So I'm here with Brandon, also from the clinic. Now, is this your, this is your second? This is my se- second clinic, yeah. So you're a serious... Yeah, um, I, I got so much out of the first one, I wanted to uh, come back and pick his brain a little, a little more, try and get... You know, a couple more ideas. Um, uh, I've, I've started experimenting now with the hybrid picking technique. Uh-huh. Um, I've, you know, sort of over the years come to realise that my picking technique is pretty atrocious. Um, so I've sort of I'm experimenting with you know Legato and this hybrid picking thing, and, and I seem to have sort of taken to it quite quickly. Um, so uh, yeah, when I saw he was doing another clinic, I thought uh, here's my chance to sort of pick his brain a bit. And, it was great. It was a great clinic. Again, yeah. so did you find something different the second time around, or is it cement? Yeah, it, yeah. I sort of got a little bit of a clearer picture of how um, he approaches certain lines, and um, you know, he's, he's like like Dave said, he's you know, he's, uh, you know, angular yet yet very melodic at the same time, and and so now um, you know, being able to sit up a little bit closer this clinic, uh, I could you know sort of see how his hands were working, how's how his right, uh, his you know, picking hand and his the legato patterns and the sequences that he was using. Um, so yeah, so now I just go home and I, I woodshed now for the ne- <laughs> for the next month, trying to you know trying to put into practice some of these things. Yeah, it's awesome being so close to such a, a great player and just seeing yeah. right up front what's going on there. It is, and and I think one of the things that I got out of it was um, you know the focus on phrasing. You know, it's not just speed for the sake of speed. There's, you know, there's you know, specific focus on on time subdivision, uh, and I think that that's something I'm going to sort of incorporate into my practice. Um, I mean, I'm doing it now, but uh, you know, definitely trying to you know sort of master that rather than speed for speed's sake. Uh, but you know, it, like you said, finding that pocket and, and and just and keeping those lines you know evenly distributed amongst across the time. So um, yeah, so I, I think. Uh, you know, I've got a long way to go, but I, I really love the way he plays. And, um, you know, uh, I think he under... Or maybe he doesn't, but, uh, yeah, you know, like he was talking about Brett sort of mm. being understated. I, I think he is too. I don't think he understands sort of, you know, his contribution as a player to, you know, guitarist, up-and-coming guitarist. I think he's, you know, he's, he's a fabulous player and just so musical. So, yeah, there's a lot to be gained from him. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thanks, Brad. That's brilliant, mate. My pleasure.
I'm here with Warren. We've got a mutual friend. Warren Scott, he's a great drummer. Absolutely. Don't tell him that, though. <laughs> so how do you know, how do you know Warren? Um, we actually attend the same church, So, cool. and we've also done some recording together and played together. And Excellent. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. So is that Guy Mayer Bass? Yes, it certainly is. There's heaps of musicians out there. There are indeed. And so um, that's how I come to know, um, met sorry, Warren, and um, come to get to know him and, yeah, Played out with him and that sort of thing. Done some, done an album together and right. yeah, done a few things together. That's great. And how did you enjoy the clinic tonight? Oh, fantastic! Uh, I know uh, I met Dolch many, many moons ago in another lifetime. Okay. Um, but no, it, it was it was just great to be able to sort of, um, ex- uh, I guess, get some techniques on how to expand, um, how to expand getting out of sort of a rut, yeah. and um, some of those legato phrasing techniques and. And just sort of extending the, the, I guess, the theory side to make it a little bit more simpler uh, yeah. for an average show, rather than it being sort of, which is where I get lost in, is, um, oh my god, what am I doing now? Yeah. And trying to remember the the, the the technicalities of it, rather than just going, oh wait a minute, that actually sounds pretty good. I'll just, I'm happy with that and move on from there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that too. I, I thought oh, I could actually, I could do that. I could go home and work on that. Yeah, that's it. That that was it. Even the the triad phrasing I was talking about and the, the creating the the motifs. I hadn't actually. It's something that I do naturally as my playing but I didn't actually sort of realise I was doing it until he was talking about oh this is this is what anchors are playing and sort of lifts up lifts yeah. it up a little bit and gives you something to grab onto is that, that those concepts is what I sort of those everyday Joe yeah, type things cool. are like fantastic awesome. yeah and he's a nice guy so he's a great bloke he's yeah. a great bloke cool. excellent thank you Warren no thanks Matt cheers great. mate good to meet you likewise thanks and, mate um, yes yeah, see you around might see you around sometime <laughs> oh you definitely will I'm here with David. David. Bohorkev. Bohorkev. Who, um, how long have you known Michael Dolce for? Well, I met Michael Dolce like two years ago. This is actually my very third time. Third time that I come to see uh, his masterclass. Good wow. stuff, you know. Really, really good stuff. And uh, I just love, uh, love to come and uh, see him because... No matter how many times you get to come, you will find out that there's something that you didn't see last time. Uh-huh. And there's something to take home. Yeah, that's cool. Really, really cool. And such a cool guy. Like, really, really, really cool guy. Fantastic player. But uh, the most important thing for me is that he's such a, such a cool guy. You cannot be a good player if you cannot be a good human being, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So, um, are there a couple of things in his playing that, you, that influenced you or that you picked up and, and run away? Well, I haven't played for, for quite a bit, you know, and uh, him and I have the same kind of uh, thing going on. He's heavily influenced by Brett Gasset, and Brett Gasset is my, my number one, mm-hmm. along with Horsworth as well. Yeah. And it, it's just his... I, I, I like his uh, percussive approach to the instrument which is completely different to mine and yeah that, that's cool that's really cool there's some some things that he does that uh, I find really really interesting I just I strive not to try and emulate or take it from player A from or player B because you know I we're, we're in this 
in this field out there and I'm just trying to find my own voice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, nice. And you brought your own guitar that you've built. Tell me about that guitar. Ah, yeah, thank you so much. Look, I, I make my own guitars, right? I make my own guitars. I am developing a, a line of headless instruments. I just made out of... Uh, it's just made out of necessity, you know, because um, I have some back issues. My guitar is very small. Uh, I, there's a lot of features in, in my instrument that I cannot find in commercial guitars. You know? That's basically what... Uh, what I do I, I try to find stuff that's missing on commercially available guitars and and adapt those things to, to, to my own thing because you know the guitar is just a tool right it has to work it has to work the way you need it to work for you and if it doesn't work then we have a problem you know we have a problem yeah, it's a headless guitar. Um, it's very, very small, um, ergonomic uh, body. It's only 2.7 kilos, which is very, very light. Again, it accommodates to me very, very nicely because of my back issues and stuff. And uh, one of my, my theories behind the uh, guitar making and guitar playing you know guitar playing we, we all love to play guitar and we want to play guitar for hours and hours and hours straight you know uh, because of that we need instruments tools that allow us to do that you know to achieve that I mean for example if you play one of these uh, really old designs like like for example a Les Paul right heavy guitars heavy guitars on your back and uh, I mean, unless you're a bodybuilder, you cannot stand up for three hours with a less ball on your back, doing like a three-hour gig because, I mean, you, you're going to cut yourself, you know. And, uh, yeah, with with my designs, and uh, I'm striving for lightweight uh, uh, tools, guitars that are easy to play and uh, keeps you playing longer. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to achieve. And you've um, just taken your first order to build one? For yeah, I actually was visited by, by a friend on Friday and he placed the very first one uh, order. Yeah, I'm very, very happy about it. I'm here with Brendan, who is this uh, your second Michael Dolce? Yes, second second class. Second class, yeah, yeah cool. And uh, what have you gotten out of, of the two classes? Um, I guess just a different idea of the fretboard and knowledge of the fretboard. Um, Michael's legato technique, his clean clean sound, like such a beautiful clean sound. His uh, his sense of melody, which. We tend to forget about shredders and sure. the rock guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just the way he simplifies things, make pick little simple arpeggios and work on ideas. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. very cool. And what, what sort of stuff are you into besides all? Oh, lots of different. I've followed guitar for a long time now. Um, I was all into the '80s rock, the Van Halen, and yeah. stuff like that for years. A lot of Australian guitar, Tommy Manuel. Mm-hmm. Um, Late of, of later time, I got into Australian guitarist like Pete Northcote, 
Michael Dolshow, of course. Yeah. Jim Kelly, I've been to his masterclass, which oh, was fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as overseas players, there's Richie Cotson and players like that. Um, yeah, all the, all the favourites, you know, everyone knows. Yeah. Awesome. And we were talking earlier, you were saying you're going down, down to Melbourne for the Melbourne Guitar Show. That's right, yeah. Yeah, escaping for the weekend and get the get to check out all the instruments and the gear, and which is something I don't, don't get to do usually, so it'll be really good. And check out some great players, of course, that's the main idea. So. Yeah, cool. Such a good event. Awesome. Hopefully it can come to Sydney. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, there's talk, so yeah, like, yeah, I'm with you, I hope it gets up here too. That's right. Um, yeah, it could be awesome, yeah, cool. And that's your telly still sitting on the chair there, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, is that the, the old Roadborne, Roadborne series, yeah. Awesome, yeah. 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 Sounded, sounded great tonight in the jam, and that was really cool. Yeah, it's a different style of guitar for me, again, trying to do different things, you know, getting away from the... Not just playing rock stuff and, and trying different things, cleaning up the sound and yeah, yeah and trying to learn the instrument basically. Yeah. So yeah, continuing to do so, awesome, so after after a few fair few years at it. <laughs> oh mate, like all of us, I reckon we never stop learning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that's the beauty when you talk to a great player like uh, like Michael tonight. And yeah. they, they they all say the same thing like that. They, they continue to learn as well and to to have the knowledge shared. It's great. Yeah, cool, awesome. Mate, very good, very nice to meet you. And um, likewise, might see something yeah. like this or the Sydney Guitar Show. Yes, yes, please, please. Awesome, be fantastic. Thanks, Brendan. Good on you, mate. Thank you. It was so great catching up with those guys. Uh, to meet those guys, this man, cool dudes, just into guitar playing and and wanting to stretch it out. And you know what? I'm totally on board with what they were saying. I was um, I was totally in the same boat. I was soaking it up, man. As uh, Michael was playing through through the class and, and getting us to, to to jam along and and um, yeah it's it's cool you know there's it's one thing to learn songs and learn parts that's great it's another thing to work on your sounds you know great man that that's cool but to to really work on your technique and and really developing your voice is another thing altogether and I'm uh, yeah just really inspired to jump into that as were the rest of my fellow clinic attenders so good all right so as promised um here is my discussion now with charles cilia and michael dolce all right so i'm here with charles cilia and michael dolce and uh the workshop's just cleared out uh, it's been a great night we've taught some of the players as you've heard already um and great to have these guys charles thanks you've been so such a generous host tonight there's been people oh. hanging around half the night it's, uh, it's always good to have new people come in with Michael, and it's always great to have Michael at the workshop, so, yeah, it's not really that much of a hassle. Cool. So, how long have you guys been working together for? I think uh, 1997. Sounds about right. was the first year, like when Ma- Michael had a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't talk. <laughs> yeah, 1997, I think Michael came through my workshop. He was my second ever customer. So. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I was just talking to Michael. And I remember, I know that guitar. It's the kind of had a Music Man kind of Did. vibe. Michael originally brought me a Music Man. Was it a Luke at the model? Luke and, and said, "I like this vibe, but I hate the guitar. Okay. What can you do? Can you make it sound?" I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll have a go." And uh, yeah, Michael's my second customer. So wow, yeah, awesome. And was he? He's one of your signature artists. Sure is. Yeah, great. And um, in we spoke to Michael in our first two episodes actually of the podcast but is there anything about his guitar 
you'd want to tell us about? Yeah, there's a lot of really unique things. I think, um, I guess uh, the way that I build guitars is not like everyone else. It's not a big company here and, you know, it's not about just finding someone and giving them a guitar. The reason why I, you know, I love having Michael on the roster is because I believe in Michael and Michael's been with me, so he's part of the family here, you know. So um, I think the relationship's been great because um, he's been able to show me lots of things over 20 years and I've been, hopefully I've been able to show him some things and whenever I come up with something and I think it's going to work for him, I'll always tell him, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Certainly the guitar, the Harlequin model that he's using was something that uh, I was doing a lot of experimentation in the early 2000s and when I came up with um, with the feel and how organic and responsive that guitar was, I instantly thought of Michael and I called him up and made him come over and try it out. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, that was crazy and I think I might have mentioned it in our interview yeah. about that, that time when he called me up to go and pick it up, oh, not pick it up, just try it yeah. and I wasn't into that shape, you know, the traditional nah. sort of shape, I didn't yeah. like that, you know, because I was more of a trim guy or, a, yeah, sure. you know, the... Um, yeah, so basically when I tried it out, because I was so into like flatter radius boards and stuff yeah. like this, and this yeah. has got more of a nine and a half inch sort of radius to it. Um, so straight away it didn't turn me off because I was like, nah, you know, I want to be able to do the things on it. Yeah, I think I, I forced you to take it. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> I think I, because yeah. the way Michael plays, it's such so, uh, so touch, he's got an incredible touch and you really want to hear all those subtleties in his playing and I, I think when I heard him play that guitar I was like dude this is for you and I don't even think you believed it but I, no, I think well, I, made a, I made you take it home well you did and then I took it home that day and as soon as I got it home and I plugged it through my rig I was like wow okay this is crazy mm -hmm. because I don't really have to use that much gain mm -hmm. and everything's just popping you know it sounds so percussive and I was I was getting excited because it almost, and I'm not even kidding you when I say I had the guitar for like the first day I got it. I actually wrote a song on it, which was the one one of the songs that appeared on my album, Frankie Boy. And I'd wrote, written about two minutes of the song and then extended it when, once I got the album going. But from that point when I got it, I'm not even kidding. You, I'd like my playing changed to suit the guitar because it was so responsive. I didn't do a, I didn't have to do as much as I was doing previously on my other guitars which was weird. So my playing moulded to the guitar, and that's what it is. And I just fell in love with it, and I thought, you know what, no one's playing this, these style of guitars and doing that sort of thing. I mean, there was, there's a lot of guys that are doing it, you know, the Mike Stearns and, you know, Brett Garson had a, uh, had a Tele-style um, ESP there for a bit. Mm -hmm. But this has got something, like this is this guitar, like I said, the organic contents of the guitar, it's just... It speaks, you know, when you play. It's really percussive. You would have heard it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm on the guitars there. Um, yeah, crazy good. And my playing moulded to the guitar. It was weird. It should be the other way around, really. Yeah, but, yeah. But I made myself play to the guitar, which is... I don't know if that makes sense. No, I see, I, sense. I see it a little bit differently. Yeah. I think the playing is... Um, generally within you but yeah. if you can make for me if I can make a guitar that allows you to come out mm -hmm. then I think normal traditional instruments and the way they're made and how they respond it actually suppresses your playing so I think it was always been it was always in you Michael it's yeah. just it was suppressed under you know the other the other gear I felt like I had to work not work harder on uh, any other guitars I mean because during my playing sort of you know journey you know I've had Ibanez's you know, strats and all those mm -hmm. type of things. But I just always felt like I never wanted to play anything. I mean, the Ibanez thing was my thing, you know, so that's what where it was for me because you can play that style 
you know, those guitars. Yeah. But I didn't realise how hard I was actually working on those yeah. guitars to because yeah. and it's it's weird, it might sound cliche, but yeah, it's they're really easy guitars to play. Mm-hmm. And they do, they sing. They sing, you know, and it's especially on my on the Harlequin, like they've got that's why people even because we've got even the pickups we've custom wound them for you know to bring out the timbers and the, and, the, and the punchiness of the guitar you know basically and I think the combination between the two is what attracted me to the sound because you don't hear anything and they, they've just got a fat sound to them uh-huh. but it's still keeping that characteristic of the top end punch but nice you know it's like a nice roll off yeah you know, I, sonically I, I think that it's hard to explain to you with, the, honest with the pickups I, I like to you know, I really like to hear all the organicness of the wood and all the subtleties of your playing. You know, when you play your electric guitar not plugged in, you know, it's it's very organic and it's really touch responsive. And then you plug it into an amp and it changes. Sure. You know, I think with the boy we had with pickups is just trying to keep that same feel as when it's not plugged in, but you're still coming through the amp. You know? It's weird because it almost really sounds like a microphone to yeah, me. Yeah, that's all. The, the, yeah, that's how I see it. Is a pickup should just be like a great microphone. It shouldn't mm. colour. Like if we spend all the time building the guitar and making that sound great, we don't want a, you know, a crappy microphone to change the characteristics of the guitar you know so that's why they go hand in hand mate yeah awesome and you're, you're winding all those pickups here in we are yeah we sort of started that's probably um um started winding pickups maybe 10 years ago because mm-hmm. I, I think there was some companies getting close but still not um i would build guitars and generally put pickups in and i wouldn't i would think that it could sound better or it sounded better um, unplugged than, you know, it didn't sound the same. So, yeah, we really went on that journey about 10 years ago to make all our own pickups. And, yeah, they're not really copies of anything. They're just what, what I hear. And they just allow the guitar to breathe and allow, really allow the player to get their own tone of their hands coming through rather than sounding compressed and squashed. Cool. Yeah. So Michael's guitar, um, it's got, like, the classic T-style pickup configuration. Yep. Well, on on... Yeah, on one of his... On, is that your main guitar now, the classic T, or are you using the one with the humbucker now? Both. So, yeah, Michael's... <laughs> when you say Michael's switching. guitar, how many guitars yeah. are you up to now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About 12? No, about 14, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Michael has a great way of attaining guitars sometimes. Sometimes I've probably built myself a guitar two or three times over the last 10 years, and Michael borrows it and then calls me and says, I'm going to buy this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always, with no guitar. I've always had his first... You know, he's, yeah. he's, fir- he's first born. I've always <laughs> taken them. Yeah, it's always been the case. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cool. But with the, um, sorry, just to get back, so with the MD Harlequin, that, yep. that's like the two single coils. Yes, but yes. You're, you're doing something cool with the noise cancelling. Yeah, so we've got it. We've teamed up with uh, Illich from Illich Electronics in the US, and he has a noise cancelling coil that we've been using for probably 12 years, and uh-huh. we've, he's been custom making that for us for about the last four or five years now. So just tweaking it just to suit our pickups and our guitars exactly and it's a it's just a it's a coil that um it's not really a dummy coil it's a coil that takes a 60 cycle hum away without changing the tone or the feel okay. of your single coil it's like the holy grail yeah, of what you yeah. want from a single coil but i think people don't believe that it exists so they don't even bother trying but it is that good yeah so when you say holy grail you like you want all the sparkle yep. everything yeah, about it just not the 60 cycle hum. Just not the noise. Yeah. yeah absolutely cool so tonight you're playing yeah, it had the humbucker, humbucker in there, different yeah. kind of flavour. Yeah, which is a new addition to the family, <laughs> another one. And, yeah, we and, we, and the, actually the radius is slightly a bit different to... Yeah, a little bit flatter. We went a bit flatter, yep. 12-inch radius on it. Um, rosewood board. Yeah, rosewood board um, and the humbucker, you know. 
one of the uh, custom wound humbuckers. Beautiful. Can't, yeah. can't, can't go wrong. Nice. Still gives that spank, percussive texture that I love. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. And you're running a new amp? Running a new amp. Well, actually, you, mentioned, you spoke about this a little bit in, in our first podcast. Um, yep. Man, so good to hear it in the flesh. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's an incredible amp. Um, DCA, diamond cut amps. Um, friend of mine, Rich Sanford, as I mentioned in the, our interview, we've basically got them ready to go now. Just waiting for the, uh, the head shells to roll in and will be in production and it's, it's a great head like can't complain yeah. cool yeah fantastic we'll keep looking out for that now. yeah thanks, mate. thanks yeah it sounded, sounded fantastic tonight thanks buddy hey you guys are heading down to Melbourne for the Melbourne Guitar Show this weekend yeah we sure are it should be a great show it was a great turnout last year I think it's something that the Australian guitar community needs you know we don't really have uh, really too many things for you know big shows like this and last year was fantastic I think they had 6,000 people over two days and I think um, just exhibitor attendance is up by about 60% this year so you know if uh, if attendance is up like that that'll be great and yeah hopefully uh, Rob if you're listening you can bring it to Sydney soon as well yeah yeah Rob good to know. <laughs> yeah. We, we spoke to Rob um Oh, a little while ago we had Rob on talking about the show yeah, yeah. and he, he hinted Sydney might be a thing he's so. a great guy you're a great guy but you'll be a better guy if you bring it to Sydney <laughs> for sure <laughs> alright that was my interview with Charles and Michael from last year now 2017 May back to the uh, back to the future there is the Sydney drum show coming up soon which looks to be really great uh, but no Sydney guitar show as we speak but who knows Hopefully that'll that'll be coming along soon. The Melbourne Guitar Show is on again in August 2017, and uh, we'll be covering that when uh, when it comes out. Should be a fantastic guitar festival. All right, thank you for joining me on the Guitar Speak podcast. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, you can check out all of our past episodes on, uh, yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, or guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com. And we've got plenty of new interviews coming. Just a little bit of a sneak peek. We spoke to Phil Buckle, the guy behind Southern Suns and a lot of the huge John Farnham hits of the 90s. We uh, spoke to our friend Gretchen Men, who's got an incredible new album. Spoke to Keith Wyatt, a uh, just a incredible guitar teacher and player uh, was working at GIT for many many years and now uh, does an internet blues guitar course and tours the world with the great band The Blasters and we spoke to Dana Rain really great blues rock guitarist from the states as well so lots of great new interviews coming a couple of things uh, in the pipeline I can't tell you about yet but always lots of good things coming up so hey thanks for supporting us this last year or so And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again next time on the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling. We'll catch you next time. Bye now.